Because of the coronavirus epidemic and to respect social distancing guidelines, this episode of Civil Politics was recorded remotely over Zoom. Good evening and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow. I'm joined with by Sue Timberlake and John Roberts tonight. Hello. And, and uh, we're recording this uh, late on Thursday evening. Uh, the January 6th special committee hearings are actually still going on as we have started this because we can't leave it any later. So uh, that John has time to edit this. So, uh, yeah, it's 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 a big deal. Um and uh, we'd love to hear from our listeners who have uh, thoughts or comments about the hearings or what we have to say about them or, well, anything like that uh, of such pressing uh, about a, such a huge national political story. Um, you can get in touch with us, uh, contact at civilpoliticsradio.com and uh, at civilpoliticsfm on Twitter. Uh, I was live tweeting for a while during the, the ceremony or not ceremony, the hearing. <laughs> and um, yeah, sorry. And, uh, you know, Facebook.com slash Civil Politics Radio. But um, anyway, yeah. So uh, I I just, I think it was a really, uh, I think it was a really uh, interesting and, and useful and productive uh, session. Uh, uh, I, there wasn't, they weren't telling us, uh, they weren't presenting like a ton of information that we didn't know. I mean, you know, I I was watching live at the time. I was pretty aware that President Trump wasn't really doing anything helpful the whole time. You know, that was that was obvious. But just the the full extent of what he was doing, uh, or or what he wasn't doing, of him sitting in the dining room and watching TV, and on the phone to senators, talking to them, not taking note of uh, his advisors. Uh, talking to him about the problem and urging him to act and uh, the scenes of increasing violence and danger at the Capitol. Uh, yeah. N- n- then, and the occasional tweets he'd send out that kind of egg the crowd on like the whole thing was just, um, I think a wonderful uh, demonstration of, uh, just how badly he failed in his duties as president and just how corrupt he was. You know, this, this wasn't, uh, uh, this wasn't him like not understanding what the problem was or, or even, uh, if you guys remember from, uh, September 11th, 2001, when, uh, President Bush was, uh, reading, uh, my pet goats to kids at a, at an elementary school and when his aide came up to him and basically whispered in his ear that, you know, we're under attack and, you know, World Trade Center has been hit. And Mr. Bush just sat there looking stunned for several minutes, you know, with a deer in a headlights look. Um, I'd like to think that I wouldn't have responded to uh, a moment of unexpected crisis with such befuddlement. But regardless, you know, that wasn't the situation at all. President Trump had been expecting this to happen for some time. He'd been instrumental in getting the crowd to go there in the first place with his his tweet from December uh, the 20th, I think. And um, 
yeah, like like he wasn't he wasn't stunned, he wasn't shocked, he wasn't indecisive. He knew what he wanted and he and he, he, what he was going to do about it, and he did exactly that. So, yeah, that's yeah. I yep. can't really say anything more about that. Like, uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> well, no, that's no, all I for simple politics tonight. Uh, thank you for listening. <laughs> Up next is, um, but yeah, the Up next is a lot of silence. <laughs> uh, it's just Mike beatboxing for an hour. We don't know why, but uh, but yeah, the um, it really. Sorry. No. 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 Never. Never. I, no. <laughs> Nah. Hey man, no, you know Bismarck he is sadly no longer with us. Somebody's got to pick up the mantle. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> um, it really but seriously R.I.P. Like, Bismarck. Yeah, really. <laughs> um, but really, the uh, it, it really just seems like he was just, if not reveling in the fact, he was like, "Yep, this is the appropriate thing that should happen right now." You yeah. know, which yeah. at the very least, that is terrible. You know, like just just someone saying like, yeah, this is this is the, the appropriate thing for this. This should be happening. I'm good with it. Let's go. You know, like yeah. him saying what me worry. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> someone should knock well, out. Well, you know, no, I'm not. I'm, please, FBI. <laughs> Don't come to my house. Sorry. Um, <laughs> just before the show started, I, I I tripped and fell the just the other day, and so I'm missing one of my front teeth like Alfred Newman. <laughs> so John was remarking on that before we started. I was, just, yeah. I was not going to mention it, but yeah, you, I, I'm you not opened the door. So. Hey, what? Me worry? Yeah. Oh, my. He really does look like what, that guy. Did you Did you have your front tooth <laughs> Almost when you handsome. went to that politi- political thing Monday night? No. Oh wait, yes, yes, I did. Sorry, it was it was oh, falling out, <laughs> but I still oh had God. it. Yeah. Did you put uh, it, Did you put it under the pillow? Uh, no, the dentist actually removed it. But. Oh, you you didn't get to keep it? No, no, that's a whole thing. I'm not going to go off on that right now. Anyway, Got sorry, it. I'm sorry um, I brought it up. <laughs> I really, that that is totally on you. But yeah, the um, yeah, you're really not going to get that quarter under your pillow. Quarter. <laughs> It's a dollar now. It's probably yeah, yeah, five it's dollar dollars. coins. Dollar <laughs> coins. Yeah, no. oh, it's inflation. Now it's like nice twenty bucks. dollar for your for the tooth fairy. <laughs> yeah, it's like now it's thirty bucks. Just just now. You just... Oh, prob- oh, yeah. Just today. Oh, oh, wait, it went 50, right. Fifty. Yep. <laughs> I got the tooth fairy ticker on my second screen. Oh, ah, okay. Good to know. <laughs> yeah, I I bought a Bloomberg term- terminal just for. <laughs> To follow the tooth fairy, the tooth fairy markets. But anyway, uh, the um, you know, the, the the tooth fairy should switch to some kind of electric vehicle, more efficient, not as susceptible to gas prices. But anyway, she flies. Yeah, they don't need any gas. Yeah. Well then, huh? Well, what we'll are have you to, talking about? We'll need to have congressional hearings about that. But let's get back to the real stuff. Oh, now now we should get back. Thank you very much, Mike. Now, okay, now that you want to, anyway. Um, yeah, so the it's good that they're doing all this. I don't know if this is going to lead to anything, but, you know, maybe, I don't know. I, I, 
it's good to basically it's this is I feel the same way about the uh, the impeachment. It's not going to do anything, but uh, it's good to have all this on the record and um, publicly available uh, and um, not just in in a in a form where it's going to be preserved. So like right now, you might be able to go on Twitter or Twitch or something to watch all these videos. But at some point, they might be deleted. Maybe uh, Amazon shuts down Twitter or Twitch and all those videos get deleted, just like uh, when or like an accident happens, like with MySpace. Um, if anybody doesn't know, a few years ago, MySpace, the ancient social media um, site, it was very focused on music. A lot of independent musicians uploaded their music to MySpace, and that's all they put it up on because that was the cheapest way to distribute their music. And they had a catastrophic failure with their servers and half of their posts were gone. All of that independent music wiped out. Wow. So yeah, completely. It was, it, it was a huge hit because some of these bands, they were just like teenagers, you know, or like they were just young adults and they were, and they put out some really great music, but they never released it on Bandcamp or any other uh, form. It was just like on MySpace, and that archive is gone. So if that ever happens with Twitch or Twitter or Parler or anywhere else, these videos or this secret service, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That now those are now all this information is going to be in a a secure public server that is um that is continually updated and has a lot of safeguards unlike the text messages from well from the secret service the secret service is the myspace of law enforcement so <laughs> yeah it's probably just led by a guy named Todd <laughs> or tom i honestly i honestly yeah. don't know about that but yeah um well, yes, and it's Secret not- Service was just playing music for each other, and that doesn't matter that all the texts are gone from January 5th and 6th. Uh, so. I, uh, yeah, you- the- go ahead. Sorry, sorry, Sue, go. So did you hear in the hearing tonight, I just wanted to say that it started out slow because I thought it was still the same info that we'd already had. But they really, I think they did that like an episode does where they say, and last week, this is what happened. And now let's join our heroes, you know. So it, it, it Previously on the fall job, of American democracy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, the first, yeah, it was just stuff I'd already seen. and But I think they did a really good job. And um, actually on the Secret Service and the Capitol Police, I don't know if you, if you heard, Mike, when they were talking about the Secret, um, Secret Service, they were really, they were, they were scared that they mm. weren't going to be able to get out of there. And the fellow that they had disguised their voice, the one of the witnesses tonight, um, I mean, on the night of the, um, the, was it the eighth, seventh hearing or eighth? I forget. But January 6th hearing. Anyway. Yeah. Yes, but I meant the, which one it is. Is it number seven or number oh, I eight? This is I don't the know. Eighth hearing. Eighth. Um, so the fellow was who who monitored all the traffic said, "Yeah, it was terrible. They were they were saying that we need to move now, or we're not going to be able to move." And he said, and you could hear it in their voices, and he could hear them calling home to their families because they thought they were going to die. Some of yeah. the Capitol Police, the, oh, and, the Capitol Police, yeah, 
No, the Secret yeah, Service. They were contacting They were contacting their loved ones to they say, "Hey, I, I might not make it home." So I love yeah. you. And uh yeah. yeah, so those are some of the text messages that are that are now missing. Yes. Mm-hmm. So and that's what that particular witness decided to report. And when you heard their testimony, it was a little halting. You know, you could tell they were being careful what they said and mm-hmm. they had to really push him or her may have been a her with a disguised voice um, to, to explain why they said that they were really distressed and it was hard to hear and they didn't really want to talk about it. And they said, because people were calling home, calling their families in the uh, law and order environment uh, to tell them that, you know, they loved them and just in case. So, yeah, that was probably one of the most troubling parts. I hadn't heard any of that before. And before you got on the air with us, um, Mike, John and I were talking about Holly. Did you see the Holly piece? <laughs> yes, Senator they Holly. took a moment to troll, to troll <laughs> Senator Josh Holly. <laughs> Which uh, I, I, just was say, petty. Yeah. I just want to say that I, I was looking at, at, at that on Twitter and someone uh, posed, had a 10 tweet thread of Josh Hawley running to different soundtracks. The first one was <laughs> Chariots of Fire. And I will oh, perfect. <laughs> I will post that on the on the uh that's that's excellent. I presume uh, Yakety yeah. Sax was one of them too. It was. Actually, it was. Um <laughs> I will post that on the Twitter and on the uh, uh <laughs> on the Twitter and um on the website uh under this show. So um so well and for so our, awesome. our listeners who, if they if they didn't watch the hearing they showed the picture of holly with his fist up which is a really famous photograph when he's sort of yep. um uh, walking past the crowd that's getting ready to to, to storm yeah. the Capitol. And he's, and he's behind police protection so he's perfectly safe when he does that yep. and then and then the next thing they do this is the hearing saying and if you think he's really brave show him running through the Capitol, almost knocking over his colleagues. In fact, they have to put a little white circle around him because you could see him like cut through everybody and run through the um, halls of the Capitol to try and get away from the, you know, the murderous mob. So it was very, it wasn't funny, but it was funny to me. It was just really funny. So, I mean, they were presenting it as, you know, people who were involved in certain things, but what a, that's great that it's, it's out on the internet being, uh, it's the new meme. And, Perfect. you know, yeah. So, I hope it is. Yeah. <laughs> I want it to last forever. Like I said, they, uh, they, they, they took time out in the hearing to like, or, or to like sort of add in a little sort of trolling of one of their colleagues that, uh, yeah, I can understand why they'd be really annoyed with him. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> you were encouraging them. Yeah, I know, but they're dangerous. I got to move. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, when you I'll throw a right grenade, you run away, right? I mean, right. Yeah. That's, Those things will hurt really you. Running. <laughs> I mean, he's, 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 he's not just sauntering away. He's, oh, no, he's galloping moving. away. He's, yeah. he's, he's uh, moving. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's not sauntering. So Jesus. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was booking it. Um, understandably so. Yeah. I heard Nicole Wallace today. She was. Um, she used to be a Republican. I guess she still is. But she. Um, 
she was talking about when um, 9-11 happened and she was in the, she was in the white house and they, um, she was saying that none of this looks like what it looked like on 9-11. She said one of the secret service or Capitol police looked at her and said, take off those high heels and run. And that's what people were doing on 9-11. And she said, you know, there's a thing in the military that's called the um, uh, dereliction of duty. Mm-hmm. And that for anybody who's in the military, you know, if you don't do what you're supposed to do, you know, protect your troops, make sure they're armed and fed and get enough sleep. And it's a dereliction of duty. And, you know, the presidency is civilian, even though he's commander in chief. It's too bad yeah. that those military laws don't apply to the president. But I thought that was very interesting piece. And Liz Cheney was in the White House when um, in the same period and was talking a little bit about uh, when her father was escorted to an undisclosed location Mm. and that whole process. So, you know, very, very different response. And those are two Republicans that were sort of talking about how, you know, clearly Trump planned this. He stoked the fire. He poured gas on it. Yeah. And it was a seven a seven part plan, and you got to really hope that the Justice Department is not just going to look at the electors, which they seem to be looking at. They've got to look at the whole the whole plan, you know, putting the pressure on on Pence, trying to um, put in false electors, trying to get states to overturn um, their um, their results. In fact, Trump this week just called, uh, I think it was Wisconsin. Wisconsin um, law just changed and they can't use the um, drop boxes going forward. Yeah. And so did you hear this? Trump called up one of the people in the secretary of state in Wisconsin and said, so you can retroactively throw out all the absentee ballots, right? He's putting pressure on They're like, this guy doesn't stop. I mean, he's still making those phone calls from Mar-a-Lago. Well, he still is burning with uh, 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 shame, I guess, you know. Uh, I would say impotent rage. Well, he 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 doesn't actually like himself. And so when the outside world sort of reflects the negative voices in his head, I think it's just more than he can bear. Yeah, it's a threat to his identity. Yeah. Yeah. He responds like that. He's, he goes to war with you, yeah. I guess. Um, there's As a part the, oh, of the oath of, uh, oath of office for the president, and it's called the take take care clause. Fa- yeah. Faithfully you know, faith execute like, the laws. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were saying that there's another sort of avenue under that, that take take care, you know, to make sure that laws are faithfully and and that's clearly didn't didn't happen, especially if you watch the the hearing. You you saw how um, all the all the phone logs. There were no pictures during that period. There was basically he he shut down, you know, any reporting on him in that was it three hour window. Uh, uh, sort of uh, more than three hours. I think for seven hours the White House call logs didn't show anything, and that was uh, really extraordinary. Yeah. And um, he was calling people because they have the oh, yeah. calls to the senators. He was calling, he called Giuliani. I think they listed a couple of things they, yep. where he called. Yep. And, um, uh, yeah. So clearly uh, 
you know, there were steps were taken either in the moment or shortly thereafter to um, actually sort of cover his tracks. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, the um, White House chief of staff, um, Mark Meadows, uh, I, I think he's going to be looking at some real criminal liability here because, uh, you know, uh, recording the president's activities and phone calls and whatnot, that's that's mandated by law. You know, that is like, what is yeah. the president doing? That is a thing that's supposed to be constantly recorded. And when someone visits the White House or someone, the president makes a phone call, a, a, record, a listing of that is supposed to happen, even if they don't actually record the call in its entirety. And just that's not what happened. So that that clearly smacks of them uh, trying to sort of tidy things up and uh, uh, not have a to maintain some level of deniability you know so it and it's another yeah. example of dereliction of duty yes i i've heard them people say throwing gas on it you know um inciting it but in that 187 minutes you have more of the sense that he was buying time for the mob to be successful oh yeah you know that the, that he was basically you know making the window a space where that could all be carried out. And I mean, thank God that the military eventually came in, but Pence, Pence called all those people like at four o'clock, maybe four thirty. It, it, they, they did a really good job with the timeline and they synced up video that has timestamp on it with radio traffic and where people were, it really gave you the sense of that, you know, the, the uh, Capitol policeman that lured the crowd away. So mm. that um, all the Congress Mitt members Romney could go the out the other way. Away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you really could see it. The way they synced it up was much, much more powerful because you could hear what people were saying and how terrified, really, the Capitol Police were that they weren't going to be able to get them out, and they almost didn't get them out. And they went out. There was a smoke bomb, and. Yep you could hear the discussion about whether it was the rioters or whether it was the police that did it. And it was the rioters and they didn't know what it was. And you could tell they were hesitating about whether to move uh, the Congress people. And they, um, they decided to move them and you could just well, tell they to move really the had no president. idea. Yeah. yeah they because had the, no the, idea what that was. You know, and that crowd was calling for the vice president to be killed. So, you know, that they were, they weren't um, misunderstanding the danger of the situation. So. No, no, and I'm. Uh, it, it it makes me even more um, concerned about the the future of our democracy that that Trump could come so close. I mean, he he really orchestrated it. You know, for being you know, you guys always say he's such a madman. I'm like, yeah, but he's dumb as a fox. He had this all laid out. I mean, really, the the parts of this and getting, you know, Giuliani to talk to the oath oath keepers, and they're saying now it's the three percent, the guys out of Florida were involved too. The three percenters, the three, yeah, yeah, the three percenters and the, um, yeah, it's it's quite remarkable. And yeah. to disguise some of the voices. And to protect the identities of people because of the threats to them. I mean, they had somebody from Twitter also that they disguised, I think, in one of the earlier hearings. Mm. There's a, a 
senior person at Twitter and how concerned Twitter was that this was all getting fomented and they were they were trying to shut it down and there was a big debate inside Twitter. This is from one of the previous hearings to hmm. to to try and figure out what to do about it. And the staffers today that quit on the sixth, the the two that testified, both quit on on January sixth later uh-huh. in the day, yeah. because they just couldn't stomach what was going on. And I, do you guys have the name? I think it was um, Matthews and Pottinger. the guy has a funny name. Pottinger, Pottinger. yeah. Pottinger. P o t t i n g e r. And he, you know, he opened his testimony with all the good things that Trump did. It was sort of strange, you know, about getting us competitive with China. And, you know, I mean, these are loyalists to Trump. Yeah. And uh, they they couldn't stomach it. So that's a good sign. That was two out of how many hundreds of people worked in the White House. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I noticed at one point uh, in the testimony they they the recorded testimony they uh, asked uh, White House Counsel Pat Cipollone why he didn't resign and he said well I thought about it uh, you know B- basically I can't remember exa- his exact words but he said you know basically he considered it but he decided that he he, w- he was very concerned about who would be his replacement if he if he left as the White House Counsel. And he thought it would be better for me to stay here and continue to be like, no, that's not something you can legally do, you know, to do everything you could to be, yeah. you know, a wet blanket. You know, yeah. it would have been a real wet blanket if he, you know, gathered evidence while working there and was a whistleblower, you know, yeah. told, told everybody like what was going on. That would have been pretty cool. I don't well, disagree. As a lawyer, if there's a crime being committed, you do have an obligation. You know, you're supposed to be disbarred if you if you don't. Yeah. Take care and, of that. Sort of. Uh, as as I learned from uh, from the West Wing, uh, the White House counsel is the counsel to the White House, not specifically the president. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The, the 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 purpose of the White House counsel is to uh, help make sure that the president is observing. Uh, the laws as they currently exist when it's like, you know, I want to issue this guidance to executive agencies. No, Mr. President, that exceeds your authority or whatever. Or, hey, I'd like to propose I'd like to ask Congress to do this, that or the other thing or ask for this money or invoke this presidential power. And, Mm. you know, there are restraints on what the president can do. And so uh, the White House counsel is there to help the president manage those. But because it's not it, it's it's a it's in service to the country. Uh, the White House Counsel can invoke executive privilege, as he did a, a few times. Um, you know, the yeah, idea I of thought, like, thought his testimony but there's, was there's kind of no, broken up by that. Well, sure, but I mean, like, there's no attorney-client privilege because the president isn't his client. It's purely a matter of, and I can't, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not, advice, I'm not an expert. Ad, advice, but, right? It, <clears throat> advice to the president is protected. Right. Well, and it makes sense that the president's like, hey, well, what if I decided to just, you know, order, you know, what if I decided to have the FBI just go in there and start mowing people down with machine guns? Would that be okay? No, Mr. President, it wouldn't. That would be a gross violation of the law. Oh, okay. And it might look better. It it would look bad if it was like, oh, he was thinking about having the FBI kill people. And it's like, yeah, but he didn't do it because I told him not to. And he said, oh, okay, then we won't do it. So. And it's like, well, or his 
trying to collect uh collect the ballot machines. Yeah. <laughs> seizing yeah. seizing the machines. I mean yeah. he 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 turned over every stone Mr. Trump did. He sure mm-hmm. did. Yeah. And I I didn't like Cipollini. I have to say he I understand he's walking a fine line, but he you know, he 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 threatened to quit all the time. But I don't know. No. I well, guess if you're in that position, you have to you have to stand beside the person and measure their size. If you were in the circumstance, it's probably pretty hairy. Yeah. Well, um, I do mm. think it's noteworthy from what I understand that there's been no suggestion that Mr. Cipollone has actually committed any crimes. You know, that maybe, you know, one can certainly take him to task as a citizen and maybe for ethics and whatnot. But that as a you know, he, he did not. um actually do anything illegal and he from what i gather he seems to have been pretty scrupulous about following the canon of professional ethics but you know maybe not anyway we are at the halfway point of the show so let's take a quick break play some psa's promos and station ids and we'll be back with more civil politics in just a couple of minutes please don't go away we'll be right back table of contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in a CD or tape player. Each week presenting shows which can at times be organized and orderly and at other times perhaps be not as much so, yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Hey, this is Wendy, host of Valley Free Radio's subculture music program, featuring new wave, post-punk, indie, and electronic music from the 70s to today. Join me every Friday night from 8 to 10 p.m. here on WXOJ, or stream it live from your favorite listening device at valleyfreeradio.org. The Forbes Library staff would like to remind you of the incredible resource that you have in your local public library. We have tens of thousands of books for you to check out, music CDs, movies, newspapers from around the region, the state, and the country. We have a wide variety of magazines and free computer and internet access every day. We also have our incredible reference services there to help you answer particularly vexing problems. All of this is free, locally available at 20 West Street in Northampton. So come by and check us out in person or at www.forbeslibrary.org or call 587-1011 for more information. to Evidence-Based Radio, Science and Skepticism from a Feminist and Socialist Perspective. Every week, we explore the interesting and important stories in science with a focus on the positive. Friday nights from 6 to 7 on Valley Free Radio, 103.3 FM, or at evidencebasedarada.com. That's 6 to 7 p.m. Fridays on Valley Free Radio. 
And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP, 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow. I'm still here with John Ryan Sue, and we're still, well, I think we're going to pivot off the January 6th committee hearings, actually. Uh, may, there may have been other, you know, important developments that came out while we've been recording the show, but um, I think we kind of covered the, the, the main thrust of it. Um, you know, I don't think, like I said, I, I, like we said at the top, I don't think there's a, a ton of truly new information, just like the exact scope, the specificity yeah. of how President Trump dropped the ball or deliberately tried not, decided not to catch the ball uh, in this instance. Honestly, um, I think he was uh, more interested in just watching the game. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't want to come off the bench, as it were, proverbially. Mm. Um, but I did think, uh, I, I do think there's been real value in this, uh, having this out there, because, you know, a lot of people are only sort of glancing at the headlines. So like a nice big primetime summary, I think there's a chance for a lot of people who might not be completely up to speed on what's going on to at least get the basics of it. Like, this is him screwing up, you know. This is the bad stuff happening. This is him not doing anything about it. You know, no. this is this is him sitting here watching TV instead of going over there to the to the next room and doing something. And yeah, so you know, and the outtakes of him uh, uh, having trouble with the word yesterday. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's messed up. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty pretty much like. I mean, the the only thing I could I I that I that I can say is that um, the I think the Justice Department will try will will wait until like Georgia or some other states are have done um, more extensive work and uh, subpoenas and stuff like that uh, to make sure that everything is like to to. I don't know, work through like the the local issues and then maybe they'll use that evidence as a as a larger case or something. He's not going to go to jail. He's never going to go to jail. <laughs> I uh, I find that very disappointing, but I got to say it doesn't seem like the Justice Department under Merrick Garland is going to be doing very much. And did you see the um uh Rachel Maddow report? She broke the news earlier this week um <laughs> that a memo had gone out from directly from Attorney General Garland, uh, uh, advising, reminding slash advising people in the Justice Department, like, you know, we t we are scrupulously nonpartisan during election year, so don't go doing anything, you know, like that's going to make it seem like we're trying to put our thumb on the scales of any election, and in particular, uh, you know, reinforce, you know, re. Uh, reiterating a director a directive that uh trump's ag bill barr had sent out saying like anyone running for president anyone involved in a presidential campaign you can't do even a preliminary investigation of them without my explicit personal written uh approval and merrick garland's I like yeah no, that. that's still how it is and it's just um i mean i don't know like he, i i heard about this he, from he the didn't. nation and i don't know if that's like yeah, the 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 lefty the the lefty agit prop uh, uh, media is pissed off about this, and it's actually okay. But I got to say, I'm really disappointed. 
Well, I I think one of the big points in that, and I I did see some references to it and saw the original piece. Oh, my God, Sue, you read The Nation? I'm so surprised. (laughs) No, 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 the Rachel Rachel Maddow piece. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, It it actually had a good point because there was no reason to reference um, Bill Barr because it's the standing policy of of the Department of Justice. Yeah. And so... It, it's really odd. And then just today, I think, or maybe yesterday, um, mm-hmm. this week anyway, the, and we're, this will be played on the 22nd, I think, of July. Yeah. I forget mm-hmm. when our show will air. Um, anyway, one day, this, one day this week, Merrick Garland was on television reiterating that no one is above the law and the press was all over him. And he said, let me say it more explicitly. No one is above the law. And if a crime is committed, they can be prosecuted. There's nothing in any of our policies or procedures, or there's nothing in the law that says that anyone won't be prosecuted. It was very interesting because that's in stark contrast to that memo that you just cited. And, um, you know, he's a very soft-spoken man. So he was kind of he was being really forceful and the press was all over him. But I think they were, I don't know what the basis of the press conference was, but he was defending himself and, you know, people are demanding that they do something. I do think that this hearing series is a lot more digestible than the two impeachments. I, I got those documents and I could hardly read them. You know, it just, the Mueller report was really tough to read. The Mueller and, report you know, you was a slog, yeah. And you could, you know, you'd you'd read it and then you go, is he saying that a crime was committed, but he can't do anything, or is he telling Congress to do? What's he? What's, you know, it it you had to decipher it, and it well, was you know, complicated it wasn't really for public digestion. Complicated. Well, it no, wasn't. But, it wasn't. But it was kind yeah. of an internal memo, like, "Hey guys, you should impeach, and here's the roadmap for doing so." But of course, I, I can't know. tell you to. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. So yeah, was. the Mueller, Mr. Mueller, really, uh, I think he, I think he failed. But certainly, uh, uh, he was constrained in what he could do in his role as special prosecutor, as opposed to a special counsel, as opposed to an independent counsel. You know, uh, when if he had the kind of powers, yeah, if he had the kind of powers that Kenneth Starr had, had uh, things might have gone very differently. Yeah. Well, so I think this is very digestible. There's a lot of headlines that come out of it and sound bites. And, you know, they put it together in such a way you don't have to do a lot of work. And I I think that's a that's a good thing. But yep. I thought that was interesting with Merrick Garland because I, I don't feel he has the temperament for this. Do you know um, Lisa Monaco? Monaco? She's like an assistant attorney general. I don't know her. And who no. did she? She she went after somebody recently, and she was really strong and very successful. And uh, anyway, she's she's been put on this, and she's really aggressive. So we'll see if she brings the temperature up a little bit. I can't think of the the recent case. Shoot, I my memory is failing me. But it was something that got good headlines. She went right after somebody, you know, right in right into the right into the nest, into the hornet's nest. So. I don't know. We, I just hope so. And I hope DOJ isn't thinking around with it, you know, 
if they're waiting for after the midterms, they'll be into the presidential race. And and Trump is going to run for president again. And oh, he's 100%. Just, I think he, he's announcing it just so he won't get indicted. And it's like, it doesn't work that way. But that's, you know, he's, he's putting up, you know, all the ink he can put up as an octopus. He's uh, uh, just... Go ahead, John. Rumors are that he's going to uh, to announce like in September, October. Yeah. And all the Republicans oh, so gonna... are like, please, God, no, oh, no. do not do this. Because oh. yeah. that would that would really activate. Midterms. Yeah. But he he's he's oh. absolutely um, the more it looks like uh, the, the party might the, the, the GOP might jump over to Ron DeSantis or um, what's his name from Texas. Um Abbott. Abbott, yes. Then uh, the more it's like, oh, no, you know, so he'll, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he, he will lash himself t- uh, t- to the party and the party to him as much as he can. And, uh, yeah, well, I do hope that he turns out to be a, 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 the heaviest possible albatross about their necks. Um, I would love that. Yeah. And he, he you could know, be there cement shoes. Something like that, yeah. Well, I, I like the albatross metaphor. It's more literary, you know. Like I don't think, uh, you know, I don't think we need you know gangster movie references. You know, yeah. The president's son was I, Mr. Former president's son was doing that. Yeah, I mean, he well, was making a godfather Kush. joke, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I saw a, a cute political cartoon. Cute, you know. This topic is so weighty especially for my party. But it's, you know, that the picture of when they pulled down the statue of Saddam Hussein and it was actually our military that did it instead of the Iraqis. Mm -hmm. And it's real famous. And they like stuck a flag on his face. And it was, you know, it's a little bit of a, it was a controversy, but it was supposed to show that the Iraqis were, you know, glad that Saddam Hussein was gone. They, they substituted uh, a statue of Trump (laughs) Was being pulled off the pedestal. Yeah, it was pretty good. The way it was done, you it took you a second to realize it was not Saddam Hussein but Trump. Uh, yeah, that would be really cool if he was taken out of power. Then yeah. you found him in like a rat hole or something. Pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, spider hole. <laughs> so the other thing I think we were talking about discussing tonight was um, uh, the Biden administration. Um, is continuing to not really rise to meet the moment. I don't know. Sue, are you okay with uh, discussing how President Biden should be doing more about uh, the climate crisis and saying, I'll, I'm oh. almost declaring an emergency is uh, kind of not it? <laughs> as I've used this before, as John Stewart says, go on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I Look, I mean, I continue to... I, I, I continue to be happy that I voted for Joe Biden over Donald Trump in 2020. Um, and he has done some things that were positive for sure. Uh, yep. You know, like I like Katanji Brown Jackson on the Supreme Court, but just, you know, I, I, like and beyond the stuff that, you know, he can't get uh, build back better to go because Joe Manchin has been shanking it. Like, I get it, but just. Uh, we we really we are desperately running out of time, and uh, the the week that we're recording this episode, for example, 
Great Britain is recording the highest temperature ever recorded uh, on that island, ever. So, eleven hundred people have passed away in uh, in Spain and Portugal because of the because yeah. of the heat wave. Yeah, and they're used 1100. to yeah. Well, and they're used to hot summers down there in Spain and Portugal and in the Iberian Peninsula. Like I, I, I spent the summer of uh, 1991 in Britain, and let, let me tell you. And I was also there in the summer of 1983 with my family, and there was a, a heat wave, and it got up into the 80s, and it was unbearably hot uh, because you know the buildings weren't designed to to be uh, uh, cooled down. You know, they didn't have air conditioning. They didn't have fans. They didn't have screens actually, in the window we were, of the house we were staying in. So, you know, just like it's either you button up the windows and bake or you open them up and then all the bugs come in and it's awful. So, yeah, they say they're designed to keep the heat in. Yeah. There's so, no AC to speak of. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, like climate catastrophe is here and the, the chaos it's, it's sowing is only going to get worse and more people are going to die. And... It's like, yeah, I could call an emergency, but yeah, it's like, oh, I'll think goes, about that tomorrow. This goes back to yeah. what I have been saying for two years. At uh, least the like all of this, he should like as soon as he got coronated as the uh, as the Democratic um, nominee candidate, yeah. uh, he should have just gotten together with a bunch of lawyers and a bunch of experts and mapped out all the things that he could do as president to stop all this, to protect this, to do X, Y, and Z, and then just spent his first year just writing stuff. Just all the executive orders as possible that, or he should have been getting with all of the, all of the middling, um, lawmakers and saying look if i win then we need to do x y and z now how are we going to do this because we because we only have a year they only had a year last year yeah that's it yeah and they squandered it and the most most productive year of a presidency is the first year Exactly, because everybody and plus everybody's riding high off this. Everybody's happy that Trump is gone. Everybody's everybody's really not looking towards the future. This just right now. So this is the time to pass major, major legislation and and have it not blow back on your members. So he should have seen all this. All of his advisors should have seen all this and used that time efficiently well and it's, they didn't well it's really it's clear to me that president biden doesn't actually care that much i mean it's not that he doesn't care at all but it's just it's not a priority that he really feels like in the end president biden is okay with the fossil fuel industry he's okay with people being saddled with debilitating levels of personal debt from student loans and credit cards and so forth. Um, he's okay with healthcare being a for-profit industry, you know, because when you, when we look at something where he really does care, where he's strongly invested in making sure that in looking after the national interest, um, 
he can be extremely proactive. His government mm-hmm. um, can be very forward thinking and can can plan for things well in advance. And I cite as a as a basic example uh, Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Uh, the Biden administration was laying plans for that for a long time before it happened, and they were uh, sounding the alarms about it a long time before it happened, saying this is the kind of thing Putin's going to do to justify it and whatever. And they were right. Everything they said, like this is how Russian Russia will attempt to justify what they're going to do, turned out to be true. So, but even even still, Biden, there's there's still they didn't give them the kind of military equipment that could protect their skies. They're just giving it to them now. I mean, even with that, they still, he's, he's like half measures. Well, some of, some of that is, well, some of that is he has <clears throat> to um, get Congress to actually give, you know, vote the money and authorize things. Yeah. The other thing is, um, so I, I haven't actually, you know, run an army in a war. So I don't want to sound like too much of a know-it-all or whatever, but I have actually read, uh, uh, one of my interests has been the history of warfare and in particular like uh, uh, the psychology of how wars develop. And uh, I, I influenced her by a fellow named Paul Fussell, who um, has written some interesting books. And one of them was Wartime, Thought and Understanding uh, in World War II for the Americans. And he, and he sort of pointed out how like there's this trend of uh, what he called from light to heavy duty. In a war, the idea like, well, you know, we'll be fast, we'll be mobile, we'll do this, we won't have to commit too much, we'll go in there, it'll be quick, you know, like the Iraqis will greet us as liberators or whatever, we can have the whole thing done in three months. And increasingly like, I don't know, it's going to be a slog. Oh, we're going to have to bring yep. up the heavy guns, you know, these 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 light little tanks that we're using aren't going to be enough, we need to redesign and put up bigger, better armored tanks to match what the Nazis have or whatever. And I think there's a certain amount of like, do we really need to be giving the the uh, Ukrainian army, um, you know, our advanced artillery rocket system? Do we, though? You know, and if we do that, how much will it piss off the Russians? And will that wind up escalating the war? And, you know, as things have dragged on, like their estimation of how much that might change and also how much they care, how much they're willing to risk about Russian escalation has changed. So. I get it. Certainly, uh, the weapons and material we sent them back in February and March were very helpful. You know, like like one of the reasons why the Russian broad scale offensive failed was we sent them all those anti tank weapons and they worked. Yeah, javelins. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, and the and the, the 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 rockets to shoot down Russian planes and helicopters they worked. The Russians took a lot of casualties and lost a lot of equipment. So. And that was then that's a great example of like the well, we send we send them a, you know, a anti-tank rocket that costs twenty thousand dollars and they blow up a tank that costs two million dollars. So, you know, for those kind of that kind of money, we can really afford to throw money at this and outspend the outspend the Soviets, outspend the Russians, because, you know, (laughs) like like we got a lot more things that cost twenty thousand dollars than they do that cost. Two million, you know, or whatever. So, anyway, so so I I think that you know, point taken, Sue. You're right. They could have done more, but they were they were ready, and I think they were as aggressive about it as they felt they could be at the time. And just the Biden administration has not been, uh, 
they haven't been getting ready to do what they could do. They weren't ready to roll out something when uh, the court ruled on the Dobbs case and overturned Roe v. Wade. Um, yeah, he was flat footed. Yeah. Well, he's personally he's personally uh, pro-life. He's, you mean, it's very you mean interesting. he's forced birth? Oh, well, OK. Oh, well, <laughs> it's, it's, well, it's, it's not pro-life. He, he, yeah, he's 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 you know, he's he's he talks the talk and walks the walk now. But his his heart isn't in it. Yeah. And part of that's probably Clearly. his Catholic upbringing. But you can see you can feel it. I mean, yep. they could have they could have thrown open some things on federal lands in all these states where, you know, people. Or or putting the boats. I don't know if you've heard. There's a woman. I think she's out of Germany. Oh yeah, I saw have, uh, uh, an article about that in Slate, suggesting that like having yeah. a boat in the Gulf of Mexico, for example. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a little closer to those states. Yeah. It, yeah. The infant formula. I mean, it's yeah. still a problem this week. I mean, people's kids are in trouble who have uh, PKU or lactose intolerance, and the the Abbott factory was it Abbott. That opened up and then it got flooded, so it closed again. It's like, mm. oh my god! It recently just yeah. opened again. Yeah, um, and opened like again, last but week it, or the for the week before. Yeah, it got, had a huge setback. But yeah, it's like we're dealing to it from an inside straight. We're not really, we're not and, really doing. And there was a what we could do. Can you make yeah. an a, analogy with Magic the Gathering instead of poker? Who me? No, I just what? I just don't get poker. So like some other card game that I get Pokemon. <laughs> oh, cool. oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Sorry, I don't play drawing? Pokemon. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, drawing, yeah. Drawing to an inside straight. Just it's because if you have a straight a and you draw to the out, out, if you draw to the outside of a straight, you have two choices because the card on the low side or the high side can make your straight like Jack Queen. King, Ace. Well, that's not a good one. But anyway. The point is there are potentially eight cards out of 52 in the deck that might help you get a winning hand as opposed to only four if it's a quote unquote inside straight. I see. Yeah. And if the the higher percentage approach. So you must never should draw to an inside straight because and somebody else may have those cards. You know, it's 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 just a really high risk strategy. So sorry about that. Um, I think Uh, I don't know. Pokemon, you you can give me an example next time, and I'll start Poke, using that one. Pokemon, oh my god! Um, so <laughs> I think uh, I I do want to go back to what I was saying before because there was one other thing that he really should have done. He should have planned for a one-term presidency. Yeah, from the beginning, uh, because if he really thought that he was the he was the only candidate that could really beat Trump, that means that he should have planned for a one-term presidency and just do whatever he wanted because he wouldn't have to worry about getting reelected. He has, he, he would tell like the leadership, just a few people in leadership so they could try to plan around it uh, and just go nuts. Yeah. Just completely bonkers with all of the laws that, or all of the executive orders and everything. And then just goodbye and just take off. You know, yeah, and sadly, that might be actually what he's doing. This might be him going nuts. God, I hope so. <laughs> I would feel a little less badly for him. I also just want to mention um, 
a recent episode of the podcast I love, Opening Arguments, that I mentioned here before, uh, and I can, I'll throw a link in the show notes. Um, but uh, Andrew Torres pointed out um, that uh, one specific way the Biden administration has really dropped the ball is President Biden hasn't been filling vacancies in the Federal Elections Commission. So that oh, um, geez, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could yeah. like like there were Republicans whose terms expired. He could be replacing uh, uh, just flat out vacancies he could be filling. And um, just uh, uh, so the the FTC basically just just, just let go uh, uh, evidence that the uh, you know Trump administ- that the Trump campaign basically was diverted like a quarter of a million a quarter of a billion dollars into like crony pockets and stuff like that. Mm. Just you know, well, that's, just that's stealing Schubert a ton too. of money. Yeah, that's Schumer and the judges they aren't appointing. They did just get the head of the ATF finally appointed. Yeah. And he's not going okay, to I'm dominate that, uh, <laughs> that anti-abortion um, judge. Oh, he's not? Apparently. He's, now, he's going back on that deal? Uh, it's like I the rumor is shamed. that Rand Paul blew that up. Really? Rand Paul did something yeah, I like? I don't know. There's like there's a lot going on there. But like, yeah, the, the, that guy is not going to be a judge anymore. So, well, that's good. I guess. Well, I hear the music, so I guess it's time for us to wrap up this despondent uh, <laughs> action response episode of Civil Politics. So, um, yeah. Anyway, uh, we're going to have uh, subculture coming up next. So, uh, well, thanks for listening to Civil Politics tonight here on Valley Free Radio. Coming up next is subculture, followed by Table of Contents at 10 and then OK Asia at midnight. Uh, we'll have a podcast of the show going out early on Monday, and we've got a repeat broadcast airing at 4 p.m. on Monday. So if you're listening to us all over again, hello and goodbye once more. Thanks for listening. Good night. Civil Politics is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com.